Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome back to God's Best Kids podcast. I am Harrison, your well, Starboy Offion. Co host Offion Bassi is with me in oh. the building. Well, not in this building, but his own building. How I'm are we? Be here. I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm feeling good. good. Ready for this exciting episode, man. Interesting points. First thing I want to talk about, I know I didn't tell you this is we've both had some very big football matches for our respective teams this week. Oh, yeah. Um, did you... I, I, I'm i sure you caught the City-Arsenal game. Yeah, I did. How do you feel about that? It's one of those things, man. One of those things. You just got a young team, got along from those mistakes. Because I do think the game was um given handed to City because of mistakes. I'm not sure if you watched it, but... Yeah, I did. Like, yeah. We kind of didn't help ourselves, put ourselves in a bit of bother. But listen, it's fine. Still got a game in hand. I never expected us to win the title, so I'm not particularly too fast by this. I think it's more of a positive performance for the future because like, we've not won in three, three games, four in all competitions. But like the performances are so encouraging. Like We lose playing well, which I don't mind. Like, I think we played well. We lacked conviction in the final third, particularly. Listen, there's more reinforcements in summer as well. Conkeys want to spend big with us. I think it's an exciting project, and that's what it is. It is a project, to be fair. And like, like I said, didn't really expect us to win the league anyway. It's not over, by the way. Um, yeah. And I was speaking to our housemate about this. Like, I reckon we're better as the underdogs anyway. Like, young, hungry team as opposed to, you know, the ones being hunted and being chased, where we like that experience kind of thing. Do you know what I'm saying? So that kind of undog mentality, I think, would probably serve us better and, you know, chasing. But yeah, it's that, it's that. I'm still positive. And the thing I took away about, like, that game, just like I took from United's game last night, is it's so clear that both Arsenal and United are what Man City and Liverpool were, like, eight to ten years ago. Yeah. We we are the two teams that are now. They have them. We have the most signs of like, you can see where the football's going to be in like another year or two. Mm. Right now, there are these little little things like, both of us struggle to like play out from the back at times. Like when faced with really good pressing, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's that's a big part of a lot of, like our vulnerabilities. Like last night. My heart was in my mouth, pretty much, like <laughs> five minutes, because the second we weren't up there and we could just give it away like that and they would have like a four on two situation and you just wouldn't know how you're going to make it out of that. And I think yeah. you were a bit like that with you guys. Like, obviously, two of the goals were just lacks of concentration. in playing Yeah, it's really been our downfall, in my opinion. It's really, it's really, really frustrating. I think Arteta will probably like drill into them like it's not all the time you have to play. Like sometimes just be a classic defender and just hoof it, you know, like just reset. That's that's the point, right? Just reset and then regain the ball and then go from there. I don't mind that. I don't I'm not as perhaps nervous as you when we play out from the back. Because I think we've got quite a lot of problem solvers and I mean I've been watching Arteta ball for a bit longer than you've been watching than Ten Hag's been in charge. So I'm just like They'll figure it out somehow. Yeah. Um, 
but obviously there are times you're like, what the fuck? It's, it's like too close to comfort that. But two young teams as well that have a good mix of experience and youth. Like that guy Nacho, um, I know you're talking about Barcelona, but against Leeds, I thought he was brilliant. I think he's a great player. So direct. I like, like yeah, he is raw. And that's that's like, why well, he's so good. He is raw. And and Rashford is fucking like... Oh, Rashford. Don't get me started on a Rashford, man. He's Serious a player. I think we've both got our thoughts out there about our clubs. Like, we're both going in the right place, I think. For you guys, Man City result, disappointing, but not necessarily a surprise. And United, you know, we held Barcelona to a two-all draw, which should have been at least a three-one win because they should have had ten men before their... Watch the game, sorry. Well, I won't go too much into it. Rashford on the edge of the box got taken out. Um, was a one-on-one situation if he didn't get taken out. Ref didn't even give a free kick. He gave them a free kick for exactly the same thing. Anywho, I, I don't, I don't, yeah. Football, football, football. This week, I want to talk about rugby. We've not spoken about the Six Nations much. Mm. Um, it There have now been two game weeks. Have you watched any? I've not watched any rugby. But my housemate, he's big into... It's not like a massive fan. Well, yeah, he's a fan of rugby, but he's like a casual, casual fan. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've I've been hearing about a couple, a few results. Well, I thought we should just do a little roundup, especially if you've not watched any. This yeah, yeah. Just be like a, a crash course for you as well. Yeah. So Ireland and Scotland are first and second. Um, both have maximum points. Both nice. really good. Uh, Finn Russell, Scotland's fly half, looks like he like he's he's in inspired form at the moment. He's a joy to watch. Genuinely, like you you don't know what he's necessarily going to do at any moment, which is a good thing because neither the other team and somehow he like pulls out something amazing each game. I love that. Uh, the thing is, though, as I would have told you, and you might expect, this tournament is meant to be France's for the taking. Yeah, young young squads, right? But Ireland are ranked number one in the world. Well, only now are they ranked number one in the world. I really, I swear down. What happened two weeks ago? France, the best team in the world, played Ireland, the second best team in the world, and France lost quite. I mean, it was an amazing match. But France lost quite comfortably. Not crazy, not a runaway score, but like yeah. they only narrowly beat Italy. And Italy, we all know Italy are like have always been talked about as the worst team in the Six Nations. Like they might there were talks about them dropping out and being replaced by Georgia because they're just they add that little according to some people. Um they do have a really good youth setup at the moment. They are Come in good. I mean, they nearly beat France in the first game of the Six Nations. Like, mm. that's not an easy feat. Like, even getting one losing bonus point out of France is, I'm pretty sure. What's, England, the, what's the losing bonus point? Uh, if you're within seven points of a try, like seven points of the team's score. So, oh, okay. So, if you lose by less than seven points, yeah, 24 21, you get a losing point. If it's like 24 13, then sad for you. Isn't it? <laughs> which yeah. applies to Wales at the moment. Wales... Yeah, they're bottom, rock bottom, right? Only team with zero points. Um, they're just old. Like, don't tell me Alan Wynne-Jones is still playing. 
That he's, guy should be damn bigger. Man, them like that. Dan Bigger's still Dan Bigger's a good player. Dan Bigger. Oh, is he? Okay. But, I'm just saying though, like I remember watching these guys when I was like very young. Yeah. Well Welsh Welsh rugby has reached the boiling point at the moment. Uh which I will talk about later. But um for the moment, I was just like Dan Bigger and oh, I can't remember the new Welsh winger's name on the left wing. <laughs> so this this winger made a just a miscommunication, typical miscommunication that happens all the time in sport. Dan Bigger made a different run than the winger expected. So the pass, the, the winger pass to Dan Bigger didn't go to hands and it went on the floor. Right? Quite yeah. an odd thing happens in any sport, not deep. Dan Bigger then started shouting at him. Like, just shouting at him. Like, and this guy's played five games for Wales in his life. He's really young. He's younger than both you and me. So, like... Really? Sure. And... I think it just symbolizes everything that's going wrong in Welsh rugby at the moment. And as I say, I'll get onto that when we get to losers of the week. But really disappointing for France. They ooze quality. At the moment, they're behind England. They're fourth in the group. At, at this point, it's Ireland or Scotland, six nations to lose. I don't think Scotland have what it takes to beat Ireland. So it is Ireland's to lose, but Scotland will give them a good fight, even if they do yeah. end up losing. Um Thank God we're seeing England play with a soul fly half for the first time in forever. Because Wait, a what? Just one fly half. As opposed to having how many? Two. Well, we had Marcus Smith and Owen Farrell, which surely is Owen Farrell is he a bit washed now? No, he's he's still a world class player. Um and he's the captain. World class. Yeah. Owen Farrell's a very good player. Doesn't sound very convincing. What about Marcus Smith then? What's he saying? I mean, I'm biased. I'm a Quinns fan. I also would always support a younger player coming up than the old guard. Like, I think Marcus had something that Owen doesn't. Like, I think he's just got a bit more ingenuity about him. I think Owen's a bit rigid. Like, he he's he's the kind of guy like a fly half like a quarterback. They tell everyone what to do and where to be when you're attacking um, and defending, but mostly attacking. Like, is the most important part. Like, they're the guy that sets the play and everything. So I think when it goes wrong for Owen, he's worse at thinking on his feet and finding a fix of the situation. So if you're looking like you're going to lose a couple of metres, you're probably just going to lose a couple of metres. Marcus might like try something different. But yeah. the, the problem when we had the two of them playing together is whichever one of them would get caught in a bad position, the, the only other person they have to pass the ball to is another fly half who can't do anything with the ball either. Like, they just get taken out, lose yards. They're not the biggest guys. Like a number 12 and inside centre, which is where Owen was playing alongside mm. Marcus, is meant to be a big bruiser because when Marcus or Owen gets like trapped with the ball, don't know what to do, they should be able to pass it off to this inside centre who can like just run through someone. Even if they get taken out while doing it, like they stop them from losing yards or losing the ball. Yeah. So um, who's taking charge of England at the moment? Because obviously Steve Borthwick, who is slowly improving the team. Uh, line out's a lot better than it was, and as I say, he's he's changed us to having one quarterback, which is always good because too many voices controlling the game is a bit too many cuts. Spoiler broth. Exactly. But see, the team that is cooking is Italy. Like, I think they're actually really yeah. hard to buy to only have one point. Um, Ange Caputo is 
my favourite player to watch at the moment by far, their fullback. And Kapuutsu. He is amazing. He, people keep calling him slippery. But I think he's just like really like I've never seen someone like be so creative and smart on the rugby pitch. Like mm. he's just so like nimble, but you never know what his next step's gonna be. And he just he can do it all just by himself, really. Um, I think Italy is still improving. I think they would have beaten France if their fly half wasn't injured, to be honest with you. Like, I genuinely mm. think France would have lost that match if they had their first choice for like, the fly half, which is quite damning about France at the moment. Um, but I'm excited to see what the next couple of weeks hold because after this is yeah. the World Cup. The World Cup's this year? Yeah, World Cup's in September. Oh, that's, that's quite exciting. So, like, so if, France, right? Yeah, Paris, yeah. Harry, city if, of love. But as well, if France don't turn themselves around, they're the favourites in their home country to win. But if they don't turn where they are around at the moment, like they still use quality, but something's just not clicking. It's a bit like Man City, and, and well, yeah, like it's a bit like Man City have been at points this year. The reason they're not winning the league, for example, like you don't think Man City are winning the league. No, the reason they've not been like oh um, yeah, storm in the league, yeah, yeah. Like, there's just they just ooze quality, but there's just something missing. Um, I think that happens quite a lot when teams are at the top for a long time. Like they do mm. just start to slip. Uh, it's really yeah. hard to keep complacency. That. Might not even be complacency. It's just you might also just lose hunger. Like you've done it now. It's a hangover, isn't it? Like a bit like PSG. Like they they aren't where they used to be. Yeah, it just could be athlete syndrome. Like like you said, you won it so many times, or you've been up there. Where's yeah. the hunger gone? This is everyone's last chance to play together before the World Cup. So last chance to make it stick, kind of thing. Mm. Because if you don't, then who knows what it's going to look like in the in six months' time. Yeah. But at this point, Ireland could be favourites. You know. So who are the favourites to win the World Cup? Realistically, and well, New Zealand still going to come strong. People like that. Australia, the southern hemisphere, basically. France are the favourites. Yeah, I'd put New Zealand below Ireland. Really, and potentially below South Africa. I feel like no one's won it. No one apart from New Zealand have won it recently. Like I feel like they've won it a few times, consecutive times. It felt no. What South Africa won it last yeah. time, right? Yeah, yeah. I used to feel like New Zealand storm it, but they they actually really don't. No, we we beat New Zealand in the semis last year, last time. Yeah, twenty nineteen. But to be fair to you, like we're the only Northern Hemisphere nation to have won the World Cup. Damn, that's quite an achievement. That happened once, and if you were to like look at, like even as a kid, through like I always supported New Zealand when I was a kid because my dad grew up in New Zealand. Oh, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. And I've got a lot of family in New Zealand that I don't really talk to anymore, sadly, but not the point. Like, they, they've always been synonymous with me, even, like, whether I'm supporting them or not. But like, if you think World Cup, you do think New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're the only team that I think about ever winning it. Same. Like, if it's not them, it's... Who is it? The only team that I can think about ever winning it is New Zealand. But they've yeah. just been there recently. Like they lost to Ireland a couple of years ago, or yeah, a couple of years ago now, uh, eighteen months ago. And 
I think they lost to France or got really narrowly, a really narrow victory to France 18 months ago as well. And then uh, we played them, what, in the autumn? And we drew with them? Yeah, we drew with them. And they didn't have a very good autumn. I just don't think they're doing well in Rome. Like, mm. They obviously are in New Zealand. They have the most talent in the world all the time. Like, they've got the best rugby philosophy out of any country anywhere. But so they do have the ability to turn it on whenever they need to. It's just, and obviously they always do when it's World Cup. But will that be enough? Because currently they've not shown themselves to be anything special recently. Yeah. It's exciting, man. I'll, I'll definitely tune in for the World Cup. Are you going to try and go? It's only in France. I've been thinking about it. The Olympics is in France as well. Yeah. I nearly, I nearly applied for a role as a Olympics account executive in Paris. That would be quite cool. It would, but I had to be fluent in French and I'm not there yet. I like that. Yeah, it's always important, man. Yeah, yeah. I love I love. Um, yeah, it's, it's the most important word. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's interesting, though. News has come out of France today. Well, you wafer about the organization of the World Cup, uh, the World Cup, or the Champions League final. Um, um, they were saying how it's the organizers for it and not Liverpool fans, you know. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they react. And obviously, hosting two of the most major sporting events <laughs> in the space of a year. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you hope it runs well, but come on. Like we've they've shown perhaps there can be faults there, but hopefully I learned from the lessons and I think they were very lucky to get away with no casualties on that occasion. But another day you might not be so lucky. So also the extent of the cover up is what stings more. Yeah. No, like yeah. a bit worrying when you are meant to be yeah, hosting the two biggest or two of the biggest sporting events. Yeah. Can I can I see it happening at the Olympics? No, because I th- like the Olympics doesn't really sell out much. I think family friendly, isn't it? And I think the Olympics is kind of dying in a way. Like it's not ever since I think it just peaked at London twenty uh, twenty twelve. This that could be a very like Beijing was really good though. Yeah, Beijing. and this could be like a really like defining London central yeah. way for us to think about it. But yeah, I agree with you. Like twelve years. ago, well, 13 years ago, 14. Yeah, that's mad. 13 years ago. The best that we've had. Yeah, I saw the torch and everything. I think that's so cool. Brazil as well. Was it Brazil? 2016. I thought that, yeah. I think post-2016, it's just like, like, 2020, was it, like, that was COVID times. It wasn't that great. Nice. I mean, they did, they did a nice event. I think they had a lot. They were a nice nice new sports in there I, because it was in Japan wasn't it I think the way that they organised it was really nice but then that is like realistically that is Japan like yeah if I would trust anyone with my life it would be a like to like organise something in my life really well and make it look cool at the same time it would be the Japanese people because the way they like understand culture more than anything like their culture is the best that is and the Germans, they Germans do things really well. Mm. The Olympics, I used to like get really, I just used to like really look forward to it. 
Yeah. Like, I would always get gas like, oh, it's the World Cup and then it's the Olympics, like a year after or two years after. Like, oh, we're so lucky. Or like the Euros as well. I'm just like, I've not got that feeling yet. I think it might just be a kid's thing. Like, I genuinely think it could just be like, when you're a child, it's actually important. And then the older you get, you kind of realise that. I think the Olympics is a lot less impressive the older you get. Like, I watch it now and it's, it's just less exciting. I can't. Yeah. Like, I know. I know. As you get older, everything's less exciting. Ah. Because you've seen it all before. Like. Yeah, it's true. It's like you don't. You don't order the new FIFA, and go. Oh, I can't wait to like. I can't wait to get home from school and play it, and it's gonna be there for, like from the postman, and I'm gonna be able to like. Doesn't happen. Mm. What's your go-to Olympic sport that you normally wouldn't watch? Mm. Like, what's your like Olympic sport basically? Because I've got a couple Olympic sports. I love a good triathlon. Nice. Yeah. I, I love I love the skateboarding too. I love skateboarding. Yeah, like some 14-year-old won it last yeah, year. July 12, I think. Yeah, maybe even 12, like Brazilian. Yeah, that is quite insane. Um, mine is I don't really watch much hockey. Play hockey, but hockey's Ooh, quite hockey is a good watch, yeah. And I also like water polo, that one's sick. I love water polo, I mean, the I... Hungarians, them are always so good, yeah. East, the Eastern Europeans are amazing at water. Like, if you go to any of like the, the old Yugoslavian countries, for example, you can yeah. if you just go by a beach, there is a water polo pitch set out. Like, mm, I've never been, but. It's, it's just a bit like how I said about Croatia with the football. It's the same with the water. Yeah. No wonder they're so good because it's just part of, it's very obviously part of like just their pastime. Like, yeah. Even the most casual people just do it as a bit of fun all the time. Archery as well. I really love archery. I was I was thinking about saying that. Archery is so good. I, I got, but I felt like I'd be lying because I don't, I don't actually watch it that much, but it's like. <laughs> It's just, it is really interesting to me, but I don't watch it that much. Yeah. What's the one where, is it, can, it's not canoeing, but what's the one where, like, they're sat in, like, a canoe and then going through, like, treacherous waves? That I think that's quite impressive. Kayaking. Kayaking, yeah. White water rafting. Maybe I will look forward to it in pits closer to time. Oh, so you talking about it now? Are you asking those questions? I do, I, I love watching, like, those long slog races, like, of triathlons and sometimes the cycling as well like what you get a kick out of seeing people struggle is that what you're trying to say no it's the tactics like it's the what it's the tactics of like positioning yourself where when i I do love i do love anything the velodrome though as well like yeah i think the commentary helps with that as well and like the crowd everyone's you know that massive one where like the whole velodrome is like like packed as in the the whole cycle lane is just there's like a hundred like it looks like a hundred bloody cyclists on it at the same time like yeah yeah oh yeah 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 that one is insane every cyclist that's at the olympics seems to be cycling at the same time i can't remember what it's called mm. I, I love i love a bit of tactical shit so when you when you combine that with like just then running off or swimming off or like cycling off faster than anyone else it must be so satisfying to do. I think I think we have slaughtered the sports this week. I think. Yeah, we have. 
I think we've managed to cover pretty much every sport there is in half an hour, which is impressive. I love that. How do you feel about Poundland? I don't know. That I don't really have cheap. Not being in a Poundland for a second. Well, this is the thing. I used to go to Poundland a lot. Yeah. When we like when I was in school. Like walk down to town from school. And we we'd all like just go to Poundland and get like a cheap drink and a cheap like bar of chocolate or whatever. And you know, there's this crazy thing where nothing is more than a pound because it's a land where everything is a pound. It's not That's true though. It's just not the case anymore. That that was never really the case. That's how I remember it. Well, we sometimes did a similar thing, but I do remember pointing out that I don't know if it's a pound. Something's at 89p, you know? No, but like, let less than's fine. You should need uh, more than a pound to buy something. Like what? Like what? What item? What item were you trying to get? I, why? Well, this is just a thing I've noticed. Anytime you go in Poundland, it's five or eight pounds. Five. Like, everything is either. Yeah. Whoa. Poundland is. It, like could, a, it could be pounds land. Poundland is like a supermarket now. Listen, mate. Everyone has to deal with inflation, and the cost of living, man. It's not. It's not just. Businesses have to adapt their strategy as well. Because I was thinking this, how they're surely not profitable off everything a pound. Well, no, I I would assume so too, especially not ethically, at least. Like, yeah, they their USP's gone. Like you used to be able to walk in there, go right. I want this. I want this. I want this. I'm gonna take that stuff, and I'm gonna like pay what three quid. Now you have to check the prices before you buy. I'm sorry about that, man, but that's just. <laughs> No, no, that's been happening. But I, I didn't know. I didn't know it was. I've not seen anything in there for like eight pounds. Yeah. The most I've probably seen is like Halloween costume for like three or four pounds for like kids. Uh, it's insane these days. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm sorry you feel like that. I just hope. Girls on the tube that. Yeah, so the lady that had a bouquet of flowers. Oh yeah, I oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I'm just saying. I hope she had a great day. That's not even that deep. That's so nice. <laughs> What a sweet man. Yeah, of course, man. And I hope everyone else out there had a good Valentine's. Especially that lady. Um, yeah, especially her. Well, a man who had a lovely Valentine's Day, I'm pretty damn sure, is Pharrell Williams. Because I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Shout out him. Me and my housemate, shout out Joe, the kid. This yeah, the kid, Joe. He calls himself the kid. I don't know why. But um yeah, we were we were checking out a few of his tunes and Joe's telling me about Pharrell as well and obviously hopping on Louis Vuitton. Um his producer tag, the whole the four yep. four drop, I yep. think that's so cool. Yeah. I love it. Um I think I sh- yeah, so yeah, we were saying how we loved it. Well, I, I never even clocked and I was like, oh my god. You idiot. It's been right in front of you for years. Best one that he do- does it on is Neon Guts by Lil Uzi Vert on Lover's Rage 2. Yeah, we listened to that one. Such a good song. I listened to it last night, actually. Because me, me and Kim just listened to um the whole of like Uzi's discography last night because why not? I don't really know why, but 
it was just fun. Um, yeah, hear that. What do you think about this? Well, listen, this guy's just got the most prestigious job in the industry. He's just succeeded Virgil. And it's positive, man. It's positive. He's, he's pretty versatile. He's done everything from producing, making music. He's had he's collabed with um Nigo a lot. He's worked with Nigo a lot. And and oh was it the Stan Smiths? We, I, I thought originally I thought it was superstars, but that he's done with I, I can't remember. He's done everything with that verse. He's done NMDs, he's done with yeah, so I don't like NMDs, I can't lie. NMDs, he's done Stan Smiths. Pharrell has a little hip hop pop alternative, whatever you want to call it, group called nerd which doesn't really exist anymore but like they used to make music early 2000s really good music music i love i like i I don't know really where to start with pharrell but so he is obviously the head of billionaire boys club and ice cream yeah those brands as well very good brands brands i love and we know the best t-shirt i've ever owned was a billionaire boys club t-shirt uh, best jacket I probably currently own is an ice cream jacket. They did have a collaboration with Adidas ages ago, like 2010 maybe, um, with Stan Smith's BBC Bo- Bo- Billionaire Boys Club. Stan Smith's. And yeah, he's he's, he's worked with Adidas so many times. He's way, I mean, his Tiffany glasses, I fucking love his Tiffany sunglasses. They're amazing. Um, mm. He's he's done a couple of collabs with Louis Vuitton themselves. He's released some of the biggest tracks as a producer in the last 30 years. Like he's he's done music for everyone. Like it doesn't matter who you are. And then alongside that, he's got, as I say, Nerd and his own music, like Marilyn Monroe. If you've not listened to the album Girl, Marilyn Monroe on the album, same album Happy's on. What a song that is. Six minutes, I think. The violins in it are perfect. It's just one of those songs that every time it comes on in the car, it feels like a guilty pleasure. Like, I sing the shit out of that. But he also does a lot of philanthropic work. Like there's, But there is just nothing this man can't do. Mm. And... He's won 13 Grammys. That's, in that, that's nuts. In terms of inspirations, he's probably like... like I mean... Anyone who who wants to be anything lists Pharrell really highly in their like creative inspirations. Like Tyler, the creator's always seen him as a mentor. Even Kanye West has always looked up to Pharrell. Like he's yeah. he's just the, the guy. And How old is he these times? Fifties, definitely. He looks so good for fifty. He's 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 forty nine. Yeah, yeah. He's still got it like young face he's aged really well but also can we like the, he's 49 and he's done all of this that's such a that's great achievement like being being Louis Vuitton creative director feels like an end of career kind of move mm. like you've done that what, what do you need to do now like you don't this is it like obviously he's not going to stop now but my point is like he's, he, he has done life if he wants to, he can just piss off now. Like, enjoy the rest of it. Yeah. I don't agree with, as a rule, celebrity creative directors. 
I was reading something. They were talking about that. Um, it was from the Financial Times and some. I don't. This woman called Cosette McCreary. I don't know. I don't know what role she has in the industry. But anyway, she. This is a quote from her. She's like, I just personally find it a shame that pop celebrity is what gets you the job, not years of learning within colleges or on the job. And I agree with that because creative directors, like these days, suck. I mean, look at um. Is it misguided or ASOS with Molly May? Yeah, Molly May. She that that was such a stupid move. Like misguided. it's it's good for them because hey, all these impressionable young girls that love Molly May will be able to buy their stuff more because they're like, oh, it's Molly May's stuff now, so let's get it. And Molly May will promote it herself on her like YouTube or Instagram, and that will like boost their engagement. But. She does like I'm sorry, she doesn't deserve to be there at all. But there are other like this is the thing. Virgil, like how you it's so hard to replace him. So we were talking we spoke about this, like I said, Clint's like people calling like Clint because he got the LV jacket, like thinking he's gonna be the next Virgil. He's not because there is not a next Virgil. Um I just do think though, I don't think you could get anyone other than Pharrell to like He's the only person... I didn't even think about it as an option. I didn't really think about who would replace Virgil at all because I didn't think he could do it. But now that it's been done, I think, like, this is the only guy who could fill a hole that big. And... I mean, Kid Super was pretty much a head-on favourite, wasn't he? I don't know. I wasn't... I don't follow the LVMH world actually that closely like i follow pharrell i don't follow yeah yeah i don't i don't agree with celebrity creative directors as a rule because i don't think they add anything other than just like kind of selling your brand values really but i think there's always exceptions to a rule and i think this like this to me isn't actually about a celebrity creative director this is about a man who has vision this is about a man who knows what he wants this is a man about a man who has succeeded in every avenue of life and is more in touch with the world of fashion than like 90% of people and mm. is really good and has great attention to detail and can just elevate anything he puts his name on. So I don't agree with create, celebrity creative directors at all, but this isn't a celebrity creative director. This is hiring the right guy for the job. Yeah, like you said range of experience and obviously craftsmanship he's worked with some huge like he's not some dumbo like he's very established and yeah he's achieved this by 49 so these guys are you excited are you excited to see what he oh uh, yeah see that's the thing that's the one thing I have no clue what Louis Vuitton would look like under Pharrell yeah because you sure. predict what it would look like under Virgil in 2018. I don't I don't think he could either, to be honest, no. Like I think I think Louis I think Virgil, like Louis Vuitton kind of needed refreshing when Virgil took over. He needed what, sorry? Refreshing when he took it over. And he did do that, but he did it like to what I would class as maybe an extreme. Like I, I would say he did he refreshed it more than I ever thought someone would. 
or even be allowed to like that's that's the one thing I feel about this is I do wonder if Pharrell would be given a carte blanche to do whatever he wants or will they actually have like control over him and be like you know we don't want you to go too far out of our world we don't want you to be too free like, Pharrell loves yeah. colour he loves colour yeah yeah I don't associate LV with colour that much. Like Virgil changed that massively. Quite like Virgil made it a lot more vibrant, which is what I mean by like the big refresh, like a bigger refresh than I expected. Like he was obsessed with that little iridescent, like purpley blue. Mm. Like, and it, it sometimes it looked really good, sometimes it didn't. But like, I've not seen Louis Vuitton do that before, and that's a good thing because I think I think it kind of opened up the. Ref- doorway for Pharrell to like potentially now have a bit more creative freedom than he might have been given if this was the appointed in 2018. No, it's exciting times. What do you, what do you think? Um, well, I'm not really in the fashion industry personally, but from what... I'm not. Yeah, I know, but you're, you you follow fashion more closely than I do, it's fair to say. Um, from what I've read and like the research... And just like you know, following for a bit over the years, I love this guy. I love this guy, and so and I said before, he's aged so well. He's forty nine, and wow, it's great. Um, but yeah, I think obviously stepping into one of the most prestigious, if not the most prestigious job in the industry, that's massive. Louis Vuitton also, it's fair to say, like biggest. Um, House. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying, and like, I've got it. Like, their revenue surpassed 20 million, 20 billion euros. Oh, no, that would be billion. That would be billion. I thought, so. would that be LVMH as a group, or would that be just LV? LV on its own. I haven't done this research. I think I'll definitely follow it more closely, like, in the coming years, mm. in terms of like now, like, stuff like this. That's why I think podcasts are so good because I don't really. I would never really choose this, but now I've done, I've looked at it. Yeah. I will follow a bit more closely and follow Pharrell's journey through Elfie as well. And obviously what else he has to come. And obviously um, Burberry as well, which we will go on to talk to, talk about. So yeah, I think it's quite interesting. Yeah, I am I am obsessed with Pharrell, to be honest. Yeah, I can, I can tell. I can tell. No, it is exciting. Like thirteen Grammys, I think that's uh, yeah, that's for me, incredible. Me, yeah. And that's just in one industry, like to tap into fashion as well. Um, but yeah, it's, for me, it's like it, the like, the music is the number one thing. But the fact that he can do everything else, like there is nothing genuinely you could probably pe- like find my dopamine peak anytime I'm listening to a Pharrell Williams song. Anyway, anyway, talking of creative directors who are changing the game, we are, as you are quite rightly saying, we are moving from Paris to London to talk about Burberry. Yes, sir. Um, you know, Daniel Lee is only like 30, 33, 34. I didn't, but that works for me. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's so young. Aye, it is like insane. <laughs> it's 
for the job as well. Like you could be a creative director at a smaller brand, maybe at 33, but to be at the creative director of Burberry at 33, that's insane. But not a celebrity is the important thing. Yeah, that's true. This is a man who like does his job and does his job well. As he has proven. Um, a little bit of a backstory. Ricardo Tiski left Burberry in October. Um, yeah. I remember, I remember when he was appointed. I remember there being quite a lot of hype about it. It was really weird as well because I think at that point I'd kind of stopped caring about fashion as much and like really wasn't paying attention to it. But I still found out about like Ricardo Tiski being appointed at Burberry and still like followed his new designs for Burberry. He like lifted the face, made it modern, made it sans serif font, made it the new logo, the new bloody monogram, and it all looked new and fresh in 21st century and a little bit underwhelming. Mm. Minimalist. Which yeah, was... a lot of brands have switched to minimalist yeah. uh, logos. This was the trend, and I'm yeah. sure I'm sure you've seen because everyone who's on any platform has seen at some point in the last five years that image of like Louis Vuitton, Balmain, Burberry, and yeah. everyone else having basically the same logo, which is just blacked out sans serif font in block capitals with the fashion house name and then the city, and that is like the same for everyone um so what he's done really well and i mean really well daniel lee he's kept the modernization of it but also made it traditional i've i've genuinely not seen like i've i've, I've not seen a little facelift like this done mm. so well ever yeah like i i don't i don't know how He's so successfully kept it traditional and modern at the same time. Like clearly Tiski's vision was very all in one end or all in the other. Like it's either traditional or it's modern. And Lee's not about that, clearly. He's 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 done what Burberry should be. Like he's just kept them in touch basically i think it looks i think it looks better than the old logo i think it looks better than the traditional like burberry equestrian or logo and better than the original font like that shit's iconic and i think it looks better than that that was just a winning entry for some public competition like 1901 wow the equestrian one that has the latin that means forward um, I th- I never liked that one. I can't lie. It looked like a knockoff. I get that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I see. I see. I see what you. Yeah, and I was like, like I'd see those. You know those polos that had the massive, yeah. either Ralph Lauren and they're free, or then the other ones would be Burberry. Yeah, that's what I associated with that, and I found it very difficult to actually like that. Well, I suppose those are like real polos though, because like that's what a polo is. Like, yeah, I know. Like when you're playing polo, yeah. But, but like, it, yeah, for for an actual casual wear, it looks shit. I think, yeah. 
I agree yeah. with you. Um, but he used to, he worked at Bottega. He used to be Bottega designer. Yeah. And obviously did. he's done that shoot with um Liam Liam Gallagher's son, got his name. And obviously Skeptors are the kind of mischievous thing. I think that was quite a cool shoot. I saw Skeptors Instagram like a few weeks ago. Which is also crazy. Skepta to be that guy. I feel like Skepta and Burberry have always had this long standing relationship though. They have, but it, to me, it's just, it's just quite, it's just quite mad because like, I, I they have, and it's I think it's good for both parties, but it's also just Skepta is one of the least Burberry artists. I feel who is a Burberry artist? I would well, <laughs> obviously, I, I champion this man all the time, but Koji Radical is. I'd say Stormzy or Dave would be Burberry artists. Really, I I I see Skepta as a Burberry artist, like this long-standing, traditional, first in the game, rich. Yeah, I see that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get it. Like you go for the old school, like traditionalist. He was first in the game, first up. Maybe this Storms. Is, this is the thing. Maybe like, Storms the successor eventually. I don't know. Skepta's two streets. Skepta has got the streets. But maybe Burberry want the streets. Burberry don't want the streets. That's why they burn clothes. They hate the streets wearing their clothes. That's the point. Although maybe Daniel Lee's objective is to change that whole thing. It'd be interesting to see. Um, The creative directors, how does it all work in terms of contracts and longevity? Do they get a certain, do they get a fixed time, fixed duration in there? How long they can be in their roles? And are they like elected as well? Is it someone elects them or, or what? It's like an interview process. An interview. Pharrell Williams went to an interview. Oh, I don't know. He, yeah. Like, but he he might have because they still need to like know that you're on the same vision. Like, they need to know that your vision for the brand for for both parties matches what the other one wants to do. So mm. they, they, it is a very planned out process because you, you can't it takes a while to yeah you you have to have this conclusion you wants to do what you want for your brand and that you trust will actually achieve it um i don't know about contracts to be honest uh i wouldn't be surprised if they're like rolling 12 month contracts but in terms of security they might be like we'll give you three years Unless you like do something completely heinous, and then we will drop you straight away because we don't want you to ruin our brand. Yeah, I don't know to be honest with you. How much? Are, how much are they looking at being paid? I would also be lying if I knew that. Um, millions is the only answer I can give. Crazy. That's like a creative director at a small place and six figures. So nuts. Nuts, nuts, nuts. Average is 79k in the UK, but, but that, that's not yeah, yeah. If you're working for Louis V, you're not on 79, that's generally definitely at least on five M's. Yeah, that is the Super Bowl for free. Yeah, I saw that. Um, 
for her brand design for her exposure. Which, which I think, like, I, I respect the woman. She's a, insane at everything she does, but I think that's a What's the but? stupid idea because the, the idea that Rihanna or her brand needs more exposure, like, I don't know who out of the 28 and a half million people watching that Super Bowl hasn't heard of Rihanna and whoever hasn't heard of Rihanna in that set number of people probably don't care. Like, I don't... She's pregnant as well. Yeah. Um, Her and ASAP did that uh, shoot for Vogue UK. I think it was Vogue. Second child on the way. Congratulations to them. Perfect match. That's crazy, though. Give the poor woman a break. Yeah, to perform when you're pregnant. Also, she only just popped one out. Like, what is ASAP doing? He needs he needs to let her, you know, rest, recover. Do you remember when he was, he was stuck in Sweden? Yeah, and Donald Trump defeated to get him out of prison. That's quite funny. Yeah, what did you make of Super Bowl? Didn't watch it. No, no, no. I heard yeah, Kansas City there or whatever they're called. I heard it was Kansas. rigged. Yeah, big up Kansas City. You know my mate Will. Yeah. Born in Kansas, so. Is he American? Yeah, shout out. In yeah. terms of like a- accent and. Oh. Uh, uh, British as anything. British as they come, but he's gonna pay taxes to his homeland when he's making that money. So poor him. Oh really? Yeah. He's got a green card. Well, he's got a passport, though. He's got, yeah. I mean, having dual nationality is always a... A lucky pal. I love being the whitest man in England. It's great. Grew up in the southeast. Northern heritage. Exotic, that. Yeah. Loads of people visit Blackpool. Everyone wants to go to Blackpool. Shout out Blackpool. I've been to Blackpool. I've never been. Yeah. <laughs> But no, listen, exciting times in the fashion world. It is. Um, it is. Like I said, I'm going to be following it a lot more closely these times. Like, And I'll keep you on that. Oh. Nah, do. Because um, I follow, is it the Outlander magazine or whatever? Yeah, I love Outlander. I yeah, love. I think they're quite, like, I follow them, so I do see whatever drops happen or whatever. So far, everything we spoke about is reason to be excited excited about pharrell and the colorful new louis vuitton excited about six nations england yeah. france ireland scotland all able to do quite well from here on out uh excited about daniel lee's new burberry and excited about both of our football teams but who are you most excited about to be your winner of the week this week maybe kansas or Rihanna, I don't, I don't even know, man. I don't know who deserves it this week. Actually, even Man City, you know, because their man showed they're not done. Mm. Despite all the talk, they showed that. Listen, form is temporary, but you know, class is permanent kind of stuff. Yeah, you can never count them out. So I think it's a real statement win at Arsenal. So yeah, maybe, maybe they're they're my winners of the week. Very, very humble of you as well, as an Arsenal fan, too. So I'm a football fan. I'm a football fan. I do say that. Football first. Um, my winner of the week, though, is Cody Co. Why? Well, he got married this week. So, Congratulations. He got married family. in February. <laughs> they live in, like, what, California? So, 
and they, got married, they got married in the desert, so it's like going to be sunny no matter what. So warm and sunny. So um, just like it's just really nice because he's one of the people that I look up to in terms of like internet personalities the most. Like he's just everything he does is really well done, really well produced. He clearly cares about his audience and his craft a lot. And the story of how he met his now wife, Kelsey Kreppel, is really sweet. And like how they got together. And it's just really story. So he was actually doing like his first podcast called Insanely Chill. Um like out of his kitchen, I think, with like a couple of his mates. And one of his like guests one time was one of his friends and she had a mutual friend called Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, they met at, like on a night out or something as a like a group of yeah mates like Kelsey was just there. And then I don't know when it was, but I think they had like a dinner night like as a group of friends as well. And then he said on his podcast about there was this girl that he really liked and he wasn't sure if she liked him or not and blah and like was talking about it to the audience like saying about how there's this girl and he's not sure what's going on there or anything and he was on his own on that podcast for some reason but she then listened to that podcast because like she listened to his podcasts anyway that's quite cute and so then like they slowly slowly like made the connections of each other to like and it was just really sweet. Like you see someone kind of set out their intentions, their, their deepest personal intentions about and their deep feelings about how they really like this girl. And then he doesn't only get her, but ends up marrying her like years later. And they have a That's really sweet. It's so sweet. But <laughs> to go from a really happy no, to potentially a more depressing one. Who's your loser of the week? Just to say, you never know who's listening. That could be your future wife. But my loser of the week is VAR um, or PSG. Um, VAR, pretty self-explanatory. They had three absolute mares last weekend that obviously affect the trajectory of certain teams' seasons. Yeah. And obviously, there's a lot on the line. For example, Arsenal now level on points for Man City. However, we could have still been two points ahead despite the loss on Wednesday. Um, And that's something you can't control. Like, uh, tactics, stuff like that. If, like, mistakes against City, they want to game first, first square. But something like that, that's out of your hands. And I think English refereeing has been dire for years. Like, way, like, like for a very long time. A very, very long time. Like, all my life, I would say. And they don't get punished enough. No, they, uh, they don't get held accountable. I like the idea of perhaps micing up a ref or... Yeah. A post-match interview with a ref just to justify and get why they made certain decisions. Like, as much as a sorry is 
nice and you know it doesn't like you know the titles on the line or yeah there's so much more repercussions of these actions it's something as futile as forgetting to do the job and join the lines that's a bit crazy um that's it to your job and there's no real punishment really because he was taken off a VAR for a certain game yeah. but I think like he's back on this weekend like it's just a week off basically I, I so, think yeah. I think the micing up ref things like really important like rugby do it and yeah it makes it so much easier to understand first of all what's happening for the audience I mean rugby's a much more confusing game than football but it is it's really cool because the referee still explains himself to the players so the players know what's happening and why and therefore via that the audience also get it explained to them so I think I, I I like it as an idea as long as you make sure that the referees have to explain. And I also think maybe football should put more respect from the players onto the referees because a big part of the whole rugby um, way that referees work is captains only can talk and they have to call them sir. I don't care about calling a ref sir, like... On a rugby pitch, I always will. I even do it on a football pitch sometimes, like, but because it's a respect thing. But I understand that's not a thing in football. I don't. It doesn't have to be. But I like the idea of captains only because, therefore, you can actually have clear and concise conversations and like understanding, and it stops someone getting like the whole team getting boiled over at the referee. Like the captain has to control his team. And then put their complaints forward to the ref for them. Yeah, I think what we struggle with in football is the inconsistency on a week to week basis. Yeah, uh, I think that's pretty. It's just frustrating more than anything, to be honest. Uh, yeah, probably the one person I need to talk to ref would be pretty calm. We've got a good idea because like we see inconsistency in like fines and criticism, for example. Like, when Arsenal players gather round, we get fired, but loads of other teams have done it. And for example, um, that, was it Southampton? It was a Wolves player, Lamina, got sent oh, off. Because he uh, was a third player as well. Like... Third, yeah. It's just inconsistency, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. And um, PSG loses, I think, I watched the game. Mate. PSG man, you you man need to win a win a Champions League to cement yourself. If you're trying to be that club, Bayern, Kingsley Coman pops them man. That guy was cooking. He was serious. He was serious. You know, Parisian born, scored in his hometown, a home club. Must feel really good, man. Um, didn't celebrate either. But as soon as Mbappé came on, whew, he is the star boy. Like he is. Like he's it, he's it, and he's not even fully fit either. Still has an ongoing hamstring issue, and the way it's just a fear factor. Just psychologically, even if he adds nothing, contributes nothing psychologically. Having that guy, having Mbappe, you're going to pay. You're not going to pay a high line. Create space for Messi to operate in those areas. Who I thought was. I thought it was a bit poor as well, Messi, to be honest. Um, 
you know what? I know like he's a goat, like he's obviously fantastic, achieved everything in football, but it really, really rubs me up the wrong way when I see like him strolling and everyone's like sprinting to get back. Like the yeah. guy with the ball actually just like stroll past him and I don't care how good you are, I think that just really annoys me. Yeah, but essentially defensively you're always playing with like nine men. Yeah, it's atrocious. And what else is atrocious is the loser of the week for me, which is the Welsh Rugby Union. Oh uh, yeah. Um yeah, they've they've had a few stories as well come out about sexism. Well, so I know, right, that I've been very quick to bash the English Rugby Football Union this year. Um it's like the Welsh Rugby Union want to one up us <laughs> in terms of shitness. So in January, there was, I'm going to call it alleged, a toxic culture supposedly exists within the big chiefs upstairs in the union, mm. uh, including sexism, racism, homophobia, and misogyny. And one man within the big chiefs, allegedly in a room of people, said to, I don't know if it was said to the woman, I, I haven't seen what whether it was made clear yet that it was said to the woman or just about her, but that he wanted to rape her. Um, I think it was to the woman because I watched a video of the woman saying it, but it's been a story. So he said that with a room full of witnesses to a woman. Yeah. To rape nuts. her, which is nothing short of disgusting and something that Especially if that woman's got, I don't know, you never know what it's been through in life. So that could be a really big triggering event for her anyway. So yeah. disgusting thing to say. The players are now threatening to go on strike. Really? Out of a sponsor event on Wednesday, the Welsh Rugby Union, despite making £94 million a year, has refused to extend any contracts at this point because they are in financial turmoil because they've not managed their finances correctly and therefore players don't know if they will have a contract in four months when their current contract runs out and therefore may not be able to put food on the table for much longer and as such none of them really want to play um players have given a deadline of Wednesday to sort this out so by the time this podcast comes out all of this could have changed they might have fixed it it might be even worse than it is now Um, but the thing that really really fucks me off about this situation the union kicked the Netflix cameras out of the crisis press conference on Thursday or Wednesday Uh, a Netflix dinner Six Nations Nations documentary and they've kicked the cameras out of them of the Welsh setup and said you're not coming back until this situation's resolved which sounds a bit like censorship to me it is pretty authoritarian that um... and the thing that sounds even worse is one of the clubs that is a member of the WRU they've got four professional clubs one of them, I think the most, I think the best one potentially, Ospreys, has prohibited the sharing of a video about the situation, which is, you know, cool as well. So I think. Yeah, they're definitely valid losers. 
I think they really need to sort themselves out because players are the whole thing that make the game. They are also right, like within their rights to ask to have contractual safety. And yeah. you need to respect them. And to be honest, at this point, you're just damaging the game more than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. How are you taking so many L's in such a short space of time? I mean, rugby's just not going well at the moment, is it? Well, track week, please. Track, track of the week. Track of the week, Joe is. What? My housemates and I have been listening to some old school tunes, like yeah. the noughties. Good. Like Amy Winehouse and them and there. And we, uh, my track of the week, Seema Valerie or a Lily Allen one. Ooh. And it's like, smile. Ooh. Two very valid songs there. Yeah. Just old school tunes. And to be fair, Bonnie and Clyde by Jay-Z and Beyonce. That was pretty good. Uh, I was one of the tunes I listened to last night. Okay. While playing FIFA. Yeah, sick. Really? Um, what about you? So I've not really got a track. I've got an EP. Okay. This guy, I don't know how many monthly listeners he has, because I'm not I'm not on those stats like you are, but he's got two thousand followers on Instagram. Who? What's his name? His name is Jason Spades. Um this this is his EP. Called Ty Tysley Resident. Um it sounds quite raw, as you would expect, because it's He's never released an EP before. He's never released an album before. He's only released singles up to this point. I assume he's very young, but the production and the lyricism on this EP are very good, and I assume can only get better. And therefore, I think, like, when it comes album time for him, whenever that is, I feel like his album will only elevate him further. And obviously, he's a UK artist, so massive support there anyway and I think he definitely deserves a bit of attention don't know when there is an yeah. album coming I don't know if it's anytime soon if it's in plans or not but whenever it does come it will be worth a listen okay I mean, yeah only 868 monthly listeners nice mark, yeah, my, shout out him. Mark my words um I watched the Koji radical date with Amelia chicken shot date I didn't know he did one. Yeah, it was like nine months ago. It was quite funny. Oh, for fuck's sake. I need to watch that then. I didn't... Wow. Yeah. I went to a Saint concert as well last week. Nice. I saw he was on tour. Yeah. Sad. How was it? Was it? All right. it was all right. He really longed out the champagne shots. Like, everyone's trying to listen to it, seeing like, ASAP, and this guy just wasn't on it. <laughs> and then he performed it like, last... But he seemed like he was such a safe guy. Yeah. Um, he was like, everyone come upstairs, I'll take pictures of every single one of you and get a drink as well. I was like, oh, that's quite cool. Really? I didn't stay for a drink, but I was just like, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Have you got an audiovisual of the week then? Yeah. Um, Chef's Table on Netflix. Why are you smiling? You know it. Um, Kim loves it. You don't. I don't watch it. She's she's watched it like a million times. There was a part in the menu, I don't know if you remember, but like 
Yeah, when they mentioned it's like I've watched Chef's Table three times. Is that your is that Kim? Yeah. He's watched it three times. Yeah. Fair enough. As she should. Um I've only just started. I just like a monologue, you know. I like I like storytellers, people telling their story. That's why I really like you as well. Um no, thank you. Very good. Um I just like the storytelling, the monologues. Feels it personal. I had a personal feel. Um, so yeah, Chef's Table is really good. Love learning about people's stories. That's something I've always wanted to like do all through my life in terms of like learning about a lot of people and learn about their stories, what inspires them. And no better way than to learn with food as well. Like I think food food is a fantastic storytelling in terms of flavors and there's always meaning behind cooking. No, you can, yeah, you can tell someone's personality through their cooking as well. She's, I think. She's, got, she's got me massively into like seeing cooking almost as like an art. And she, I do, I do watch, I do watch um a lot of things. I've I've definitely watched a couple of Chef's Table episodes, but I wasn't aware that I was watching them. Like, yeah, yeah. She's definitely put them on before, and I'm just like not knowing what I'm watching, but I, I'm sure I enjoy the I enjoy anything cooking that she shows me. Um, yeah. Talking of stories, my audiovisual is Us by Sam Henshaw, which I also stands for Untidy Soul, because his album... On what soul? Untidy Soul, which is the name of his album that came out last year, which is, if you haven't listened to it, listen to it first. It's an amazing album. He's got a beautiful voice. Um, Sam Henshaw is double M for Sam. And however you think you would spell Henshaw is how you would spell Henshaw. <laughs> Fifteen-minute documentary on YouTube, which shows the making of the album and the tour, and his thoughts behind it and everything. It, his music is just really infectious to me. Whether you like the documentary or not, it's just really cool to see someone's story and how they felt about it. Just like you said about Chef's Table and what it means to them. And yeah, I, I, rec- I recommend listening. In. To the album first you will enjoy it so much and then once you've done that watch the documentary 15 minutes on youtube it's worth it okay i still haven't watched the little sims one do you little sims her documentary i'll say you i don't think it's a documentary i think it's just her like album music video like it's like yeah like yeah 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 that's like, yeah twenty five or thirty minutes long I think maybe but it's like a longish video on her YouTube you'll find it too a little say a little Sims I love you I hate you the film yeah they will be watched yeah. so yeah cool. um do you have a garment of the week sir this this tie I just think it's quite a nice tie mm, it's quite a nice tie where where did you buy it this week or are you excited to wear it? It's from my dad's. Ah, have you worn it somewhere yet, or are you planning on? Yeah, he's went to school. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'll say it's my favorite. If not, it's one of my favorite. If not, my favorite tie. So. I do. Like um, it. I love a tie with a pattern. Same. And something going on with it. I think I've got a tie with bees on. I like that. What's your garment of the week? Double-breasted blazers. Oh, really? You used to wear them as well in sixth form. You used to have a double-breasted blazer? Yeah. 
Fuck me, man. Yeah. I will, it's a problem. And you say I'm the one with the fashion. What 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 one have you seen this week that's made you go, wow? All of them ever. I mean, I've 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 been on the I follow this guy called Derek Guy on Twitter. Fashion kind of writer. Um I've been on the double breasted blazer train for about two months and every week makes me want one more than the week before. And so I think yeah. we've now got to the point where I want one so much that I'm happy talking about it in public. The problem is double breasted blazers, right? They need to be roomy, like they need to be traditional tailoring. They need to be like and people love slim fit at the moment, which doesn't usually look the best in a suit anyway but because of it there aren't any double-breasted blazers around that are affordable I, I don't really want to be spending 600 quid for a blazer right now given my you know slightly rather unemployed situation so you know time will tell i will get one somewhere somehow someday Today is not the day, sadly. If anyone has 600 quid to chuck me, um, when you're watching this, it will be about two days, three days to my birthday. So help a brother out. Um, but, you know, without you guys, I won't be able to afford one. So <laughs> do your thing. My Instagram will be down below. Ask me what my sort code is. Ask me what my account number is. I look forward to your assistance. Anyway. Public thing um, out of the way. <laughs> a good place to always finish is sports fixture of the week. Mine is Wales versus England. Yeah. Big, big asterisk on this one because it might not go ahead. <laughs> what? Because well, oh, the players are striking. <laughs> yeah. So the players, players are the biggest threat that they've given is to strike. On the day of the match, so oh, what the f- get the full five points? They Wales would get zero and stay at zero at the bottom of the table, and you know, it's I. I first of all, I'm intrigued to see if it happens. If it does, it's going to be in Wales. The crowd is an extra man for the players, like in rugby. Wales and Ireland are the two best stadiums, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, to like see the crowd really fucking lift. What about Scotland? Murray, Murrayfield. Also up there, but Wales and Ireland are another level, especially when England are in town. Like the hatred for England shines through. Um, yeah. I think also the way that the um the way that the fans are currently all behind the players on the situation that's happening at the moment is really telling. And I think they'll have that much more passion and support if the game does go ahead. And it it might be enough for them to actually get a result. Like, it might be enough to drag them over the line. But at the same time, as I've said, England are looking more dangerous now than they have for a while. Mm. And there's a lot of turmoil in Welsh rugby. Like, they have been getting slaughtered by most teams they've played recently. So the anger and the passion reaching a boiling point could work in their favour, but it could also do what it's clearly been doing so far and just work as another negative 
that they don't really seem to care about playing at the moment. That I I might have to tune in for that one. That is, yeah. What day is it? Saturday. Saturday, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I might. I'm there. I might tune in. I might tune in. Um, Newcastle Liverpool's this weekend as well. Um, you said this on the previous one, but I'll probably go with that one again. Um, yeah. as it could be pretty much season defining in terms of the trajectory and direction each team goes. Um, so your Newcastle win, the only ways up kind of thing. Yeah, Liverpool win, same same kind of thing. But a loss for either could derail them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's probably my sports pitch of the week. It's on Friday night as well. I love a Friday night game. Oh, that's today. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So <laughs> Saturday twenty fifth for the rugby. Oh, Saturday. Because this, this this weekend's the weekend off. Ah, fuck. Just when I was going to get into it. Well, but... I'll text you about two hours before the match to make sure you. Don't go and do something stupid like go out the house or something. Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, Liverpool's on Saturday, not not Friday, so. Um. Yeah, exciting, exciting. I think that was. I feel like there's more energy towards the second half of that podcast. I think, the coffee that I had about an hour ago has. Finally kicked in. Um, but thank you for joining me as always. It's my pleasure. It is an absolute pleasure for me to be talking at you and to you. And that is... Yeah, I'm just happy being here, man. I'm just happy I got the call up. Um, yeah, you know, there were plethora of offers. And I just chose this one. There's a reason for that, man. So really thanks great. for having me. I hope, I hope I can be on here again. Yeah. You know. I hope, I hope, I hope. I'll invite you next week, but we'll see. Yeah, man, we'll see. Just get in touch with my agent, see what you can line up in it, and then we'll go from there. Is your modelling agent? Or a different I, listen, I'm like Pharrell. I, I dip into all markets. I've got my fingers in all the pies. Um, modelling, film, podcasting, anything, bro. Mr. Versatile. Well, we'll see you on the next one. Love and affection. Love. Love and affection.